Guidelines in Practice Minimally Invasive Surgery by Jennifer Speth Abstract During minimally invasive surgery, MIS, surgeons create small and percutaneous incisions to access internal structures without open surgical incisions. Some MIS equipment is complex and challenging for perioperative nurses to manage. Patients also can experience life-threatening complications during MIS procedures. The updated AORN, Guideline for Minimally Invasive Surgery, provides recommendations that perioperative nurses can use when caring for patients undergoing MIS procedures. This article provides an overview of the guideline and discusses several recommendations, including creating a safe environment in which to perform MIS procedures, using gas distension media, irrigation and fluid distension media, and computer-assisted navigation and robotics, and performing intraoperative magnetic resonance imaging in a hybrid OR. It also includes a scenario describing care of a patient undergoing hysteroscopy. Perioperative nurses who care for patients undergoing MIS procedures should review the guideline in its entirety and apply the recommendations as applicable in their practice. Surgeons use minimally invasive surgery, MIS, techniques involving small and percutaneous incisions, endoscopes, and specialized instruments and equipment to access internal body structures without open surgical incisions. Technological advancements, for example, computer-assisted navigation, robotics, have enhanced MIS. The revised AORN, Guideline for Minimally Invasive Surgery, provides perioperative team members with recommendations to address the following. 1. A safe environment. 2. Gas distension media. 3. Irrigation and fluid distension media. 4. Computer-assisted navigation and robotics. 5. Hybrid ORs. 6. Intraoperative magnetic resonance, MR, imaging. 7. Education. 8. Policies and Procedures, and 9. Quality. The AORN Guideline Development Team assessed the available evidence and made recommendations when the benefits of the initiative clearly would exceed the harms. In general, high to moderate quality evidence supports recommendations. The AORN Guideline Development Team also made conditional recommendations when the benefits of the initiative likely would exceed the harms. Any level of evidence supports conditional recommendations under certain conditions. The evidence table for the minimally invasive guideline can be found at https colon double slash www.aorn.org slash docs slash default hyphen source slash guidelines hyphen resources slash clinical hyphen research slash nursing-research, slash, evidence-rating-and-tables, slash, minimally-invasive-surgery, slash, mis-evidence-table-2022.pdf. This article provides an overview of the recommendations associated with the safe environment, gas distension media, irrigation and fluid distension media, computer-assisted navigation and robotics, and intraoperative MR imaging. 
Table 1 contains guideline recommendations that are not discussed in this article. Perioperative nurses who care for patients undergoing MIS procedures should review the revised guideline in its entirety for information that may affect their practice. A safe environment. An interdisciplinary team should be established to create a safe environment for minimally invasive procedures. This team should comprise representatives from the perioperative area, for example, leaders, RNs, surgical technologists, and the infection prevention, biomedical and facility engineering, health information technology, and radiology departments. The team should also include surgeons. When designing the size, configuration, and layout of patient areas that will be used for MIS, the interdisciplinary team should consider 1. Patient and sterile field access 2. Equipment placement and traffic patterns 3. Electrical capacity needs 4. Surgical smoke evacuation 5. Medical device interoperability and security of health information and 6. Manufacturer's Instructions for Use, IFU. When describing the desirable qualities of an MISOR for neuroendoscopic procedures at a facility in Germany, authors noted that key concerns were workflow optimization, adherence to ergonomic principles, patient safety, real-time imaging, room layout, for example, adequate size for equipment and personnel movement, and positioning of monitors for use by all team members. They also noted that to enhance cost-effectiveness, a dedicated OR for MIS should support a variety of surgical specialties. Perioperative personnel may find the quality and complexity of the required equipment overwhelming and challenging. For instance, a neuroendoscopic procedure room could include intraoperative MR imaging capability, a ceiling-mounted navigation system, multiple high-definition monitors in the OR and adjacent hallway, and centralized touchscreens. To address the challenges and patient safety concerns associated with the quantity of specialized equipment in an MIS-OR, AORN provides a conditional recommendation for the interdisciplinary team to standardize equipment placement and instrument table setup. Perioperative nurses should perform a preoperative assessment to help identify patients at risk for complications before an MIS procedure. Researchers retrospectively assessed documentation from 960 cholecystectomy procedures between 2011 and 2015 to determine risk factors associated with conversion from a laparoscopic cholecystectomy to an open procedure. After compiling and analyzing data on patient demographics, they identified that patient age greater than 40 years P equals 0.0001, male gender, P equals 0.0003, and a preoperative diagnosis of either acute or gangrenous cholecystitis, P equals 0.00298, were significantly associated with conversion to an open procedure. Additional research with diverse patient populations is needed, to determine specific preoperative risk factors associated with conversion to open procedures. Perioperative team members should be prepared to convert to an open procedure during MIS procedures. Despite this recommendation, results of a 2018 integrative literature review showed that there were no standardized protocols 
or descriptions of mistakes to avoid during a conversion to guide nursing practice. AORN recommends that perioperative team members discuss the resources needed for conversion to an open procedure before transporting a patient to the OR for MIS. In addition, AORN conditionally recommends that room preparation for MIS include maintaining additional supplies, soft goods, energy-generating devices, instruments, and medications in an accessible location to facilitate the conversion to an open procedure. Gas Distension Media Surgeons use gas distension media, for example, carbon dioxide, during abdominal MIS procedures to create a pneumoperitoneum and enhance visualization of internal structures. However, gas distension media is also associated with the risk of patient injury. For example, gas embolism, hypercarbia, gastric regurgitation, postoperative pain in the shoulder or neck. The perioperative team should employ strategies to prevent patient injury associated with gas distension media, including 1. Using a non-flammable gas. 2. Setting the flow rate at the lowest possible level and according to the manufacturer's IFU and surgeon's preference to achieve a pneumoperitoneum. 3. Placing the insufflator above the level of the body cavity. See Figure 1. 4. Confirming that a compatible hydrophobic filter is between the insufflator and tubing. 5. Flushing the tubing before connecting it to the endoscope cannula. And 6. Verifying that the insufflator alarms are audible. Researchers sought to determine the effects of different insufflation pressures, 10 versus 14 millimeters of mercury, on the liver function of 43 patients who underwent a laparoscopic cholecystectomy. When compared to the group of patients with insufflation pressures at 10 millimeters of mercury, patients in the group with insufflation pressures at 14 millimeters of mercury experienced significantly higher postoperative first-hour alanine aminotransferase levels. P is less than 0.05. Serum aspartate aminotransferase levels. P is less than 0.05. And decreased hepatic perfusion. P is less than 0.05. For laparoscopic cholecystectomies, the researchers preferred use of an insufflation pressure of 10 millimeters of mercury. Perioperative nurses should collaborate with anesthesia professionals to monitor the patient for signs of a gas embolism, such as 1. Abrupt decreases in the patient's blood pressure and tidal carbon dioxide and oxygen saturation. 2. Cardiac dysrhythmias, for example, bradycardia, tachycardia, asystole. And 3. Quote, an auscultatable millwheel murmur. End quote. For example, harsh metallic churning sound. Serious cases of gas embolism can occur during the creation of a pneumoperitoneum. Quote, At the beginning of the procedure due to misplacement of the varus needle directly into a vein or in a parenchymal organ. End quote. Perioperative team members should collaborate and be prepared to identify and take the necessary steps to manage and assist with treating a gas embolism. Perioperative nurses should assist the anesthesia professional with a variety of tasks, including 1. Informing the surgeon of the situation. 2. 
preventing additional gas from entering the circulatory system. For example, discontinuing the insufflation, ventilating with 100% oxygen, placing the patient in a right-side-up and head-down position. And three, initiating fluids, medications, for example, vasopressors, vasodilators, inotropes, and cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Irrigation and Fluid Distension Media Surgeons use irrigation and fluid distension media to create a space in a cavity or joint to enhance visualization of internal structures. The fluid can be administered via pressure, gravity flow, or an infusion pump. Patients may experience life-threatening complications from fluid distension during MIS, including 1. Extravasation, that is, leakage of fluid into the surrounding tissue, and 2. Intravasation, that is, leakage of fluid into the vascular system. Perioperative nurses should identify patients who are at increased risk for adverse outcomes associated with fluid distension media, such as those who are premenopausal or undergoing a procedure with increased risk for complications, for example, hysteroscopy, and collaborate with anesthesia professionals to monitor patients for physiologic changes, for example, evidence of fluid retention in the face, neck, and abdomen. Researchers surveyed 15 orthopedic surgeons who performed hip arthroscopies and had each surgeon review medical records from 1984 to 2010. Approximately half of the surgeons had experienced at least one case of symptomatic intra-abdominal fluid extravasation, IAFE. The study survey results showed that IAFE occurred in 40, 16 percent, of 25,648 procedures, and the mean pump pressure that resulted in extravasation during hip arthroscopies was 69.42 millimeters of mercury, compared to 55.42 millimeters of mercury for all arthroscopy procedures combined. P equals 0.004. In addition, surgeons had performed an iliopsoas tenotomy during 25, 63%, of the 40 procedures in which patients experienced IAFE. The researchers concluded that high pump pressure should be avoided during hip arthroscopies and iliopsoas tenotomy should be delayed until the end of hip arthroscopy procedures. Perioperative nurses also should collaborate with the anesthesia professional to monitor the amount of fluid administered and collected during procedures with a high risk for complications from fluid distension media, for example, hysteroscopies, according to the facility's policies and procedures. They should collaborate with the anesthesia professional and surgeon to establish the reporting intervals, for example, time-based or volume-based, for fluid deficits, and then report those deficits throughout the procedure. The British Society for Gynecological Endoscopy and the European Society for Gynecological Endoscopy recommend that personnel measure fluid volume deficits at a minimum of every 10 minutes during hysteroscopies. An example of a fluid deficit reporting structure is sharing information about the deficit with the surgical team members. Perioperative nurses should use fluid-collecting drapes and closed container systems to monitor fluid deficits. Use of automated fluid management systems with programmable notifications 
can facilitate deficit monitoring and reporting. Personnel should use such systems according to the manufacturer's IFU. The fluid management system should have safety features, including audible alarms, a display showing the amount of fluid instilled and returned and the cavity pressure, labeled controls, and a quick reference chart with device settings attached to the system. Perioperative nurses should verify the pump settings with the surgeon, monitor the settings throughout the procedure, and initiate corrective action in response to audible alarms. Computer-Assisted Navigation and Robotics Computer-Assisted Navigation and Robotics are innovative technologies that require complex equipment to enhance MIS. Surgeons use computer-assisted navigation before procedures to map a surgical plan. They also use the technology intraoperatively for guidance, for example, to locate a tumor. During robotic-assisted surgery, the surgeon controls, 